Hey folks, it's Jalen. Um, so this is the final black code that we did um, before I left to move to Oregon. Um, and it was on white splaining. And I'm kind of laughing uh, at this episode listening back because um, I think it's a very funny episode. Just Aaron and I kind of talking about moments when white people were explaining things to us that we already knew but they presumed that we didn't know it and so it was just it's this kind of like phenomenon where like knowledge is knowledge is always power but in those particular instances knowledge about black issues is being used against a black person and so that was like a very real experience that we experienced um, and so we decided to talk about white splaining, and this is coming off of Francesca Ramsey's uh, Decoded at the time, and she did a video on white splaining, and we kind of just talk about it and then talk about ways to combat it. So, um, really, this is a really interesting episode and very timely, especially now, because you know, people just started to care about black people, just you know now and and it just took a pandemic for them to do it so um i hope you guys enjoy this episode hey guys thank you for tuning in to this week's episode um i have aaron with me to do another black code and we're gonna be talking about white splaining so want to open up this like start this conversation talking about the video on dakota that pretty much inspire this this topic so what do you think about how the video on decoded was done well okay so i um as with most of the decoded videos her name is francesca ramsey ramsey i like the way that she talks about racial issues and decoded because it's kind of like sarcastic and funny but it's also like really real at the same time so i mean i think she like tackled like white splitting like very um it was of course in a comedic way yeah it was comedic but it was it was fairly accurate yeah it was of course if you really comedic it was really accurate um and so i didn't realize like like i was real aware of like mansplaining but like i guess i wasn't really aware of like white splitting especially in the academic context until like i started taking more classes that like um more like heavily focused on like race issues. So well what what in your opinion what is white splaining? Okay, so white splaining is in my opinion when a white person uh tries to like explain or describe something to I think it's a little bit different than mansplaining. Because I feel like what question, sorry. So when you say white person, is there a gender difference? Like, do do white women white explain more than white men white explain, uh, or is this is this? Are we considering gender? Are I we think, considering sexuality? See, is it I more? Don't think gender, is it just white people? I think in it's general? just white people in general. Okay, because um, I know because I'm a black man, obviously, and I've like mansplained before. So I'm pretty sure, and, I, and I'm pretty sure white women man, uh, not mansplain, uh, white white splain also. So I guess I f- imagine white splain to be like when a white person, 
uh, like tries to like describe or explain something to I, a person of color um, who about something about some or, issue about some uh, some some making assumption that they don't already know or that they're less intelligent about it or that they possibly know more about that subject matter. Yeah, because they read about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And basic, I think white explaining sort of. I like your definition of it. I think whitesplaining sort of um, ignores the experience of people oh, of yeah. color mm-hmm. because it, it it more so like prioritizes um, like books written by white people about race or um, appropriated ideas from black scholars about race. And I mean, I mean, it's not even just about academic. It's about you know. Mm-hmm. Movies. I remember. I remember. Uh, I remember. You remember the film Thirteenth uh, by Ava Ava yeah, Duvernay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I remember someone, a white man, white explaining the movie to me because we were talking. I was saying, yeah, I love that movie. I thought it was a great movie. And then he went into this whole thing about yeah, and you know, with institutionalized racism. I mean, there's a lot of that going on in Birmingham and blah blah blah. And, you know, black people um, have, you know, gone through this and gone through that. And I, I just, I just remember, like, I just remember, and this was before white explaining was a, a word. This was like 2014, 15. And so I just remember sitting there and just being, obviously, I was just nodding because what do you, what, I, there's no, to me, I don't know how to react when someone's trying to tell me. My instant me, reaction is, why aren't you telling a white person this? That's my answer reaction. Do you think? Do you think it's coming from a place of? Um, do you think they mean? Well, no harm. Yeah. Do you think they mean think... well? Do you think it's? Do you think they're <laughs> thinking? You know, I can't really talk to this about my white friends. So maybe talking to you about it, but then it comes across as you're explaining things to me like I'm stupid. I think, I I, I would like to hope that they mean well. I think they just genuinely, I guess they think that since it's an issue about, like, black people, that you have to talk to a black person about that, or maybe because a black person would be interested in hearing about it, um, but, like, I don't know, for me, anytime, like, I, like, witness, like, white splitting, it's, like, it's white splitting because, like, they usually say stuff that, like, I usually already are, like, am very well aware of, and, like, it's nothing original or new that, like, I, that I, like, am being told by them. And, like, sometimes it usually is, like, condescending. And, like... That, condescending that, in what way? Um, sometimes their tone. Sometimes just it... The fact that it feels as if, like, you... You're not saying it to, like, have a dialogue with me. You're saying But it, it sounds too. like you're actually, like, you're, like, trying to, like, teach me something... Because you think that I'm, like, I'm not aware of it for some reason. I don't know why you would think I'm, I'm, as a black person, would not be aware of, like, institutionalized racism, but... Yeah. I I agree to that. I I think it's... I think it's a power thing. Because, yeah, I think... Are are you... Uh, What do you mean by power? (laughs) Well, I think it's power. I think... Because, you know, knowledge is power, you know. Uh, I mean, people who hold power are able to... You know, control everything. I, I think it's a power thing when when people white white when white explaining is happening, because they're saying you know, I know more than you, 
even though you are black and you have lived certain experiences that I will never live. So you think they, do you think do you think there are some people who like who don't necessarily like know like so like if they don't think that they know more than you and they just are just trying to have have a conversation. They just don't know the correct way to go about, like the most like appropriate way to go about talking about like, um, maybe so like for example with the thirteen uh, situation, like if he is at like how did like you did you see thirteen? You're like yeah, I really like that movie. Instead of him like going I guess into like, um, maybe ask you like instead like so like how did you did he ask you how you like how did you felt about no, it was just wow. Okay, it was just explaining everything that happened in the movie, and I was just thinking, yeah, I mean, I, I think I know a lot about these things, and I feel like they are important issues. But of course, I couldn't articulate that because it was just coming, coming, and coming, and coming. That's See, and that's where the condescending part comes from. Because I'm, because if I'm in your, situ- in your situation. I'm like, okay, obviously I saw the movie. Are you just assuming that I did not comprehend what yeah, was in the exactly. movie? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think. It's that knowledge is power thing. And it's it's like it's using, pow- it's using knowledge to, um, I don't, but I don't see, I, I guess it's to obtain the power structure. Mm-hmm. Because, they already have it. But, but it's, <laughs> it's to further, because it's like, because, you know, you, you obtain the knowledge, but then, when someone wise plans to you, they try to make it seem like you didn't really obtain it in the correct way. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I sort of second guessed myself too. I was, I was thinking, oh wow. I mean, I of course knew all those things, but you know, when someone explains something to you in their own words, there it might sound different. Yeah. And so, and I think, I think it's reinforced when it when it comes from someone who is white who has that. Uh, Privilege over you. Yeah, I, I think it's a power thing. So, how? What? Where do you think you usually encounter white splaining? Uh, what spaces do you think you encounter white splaining the most? Um, I think some spaces would be any space that really is like. A white space. A, a white Everywhere. space. A white space. Uh, maybe, like, any space that is, like, directly trying to, like, communicate some form of, like, issue or struggle about black people. Uh, what do you mean by that? So, like, anytime, like, if you're in a space and, like, for example, like, with the 13th. Like, you can consider that to be a space because it's talking about black people. And so, like, if you put, like, a white person in that space, then, like, I guess they see it as an opportunity to, like, um, white-splaining that space that's mm-hmm. talking about black issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also academia is also a good place to white-splain if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so you think... So you think... So let's let's talk, let's think about some physical places. So you said academia. So you mean at at university, mm-hmm. at conferences, a museum, a museum. Okay, um, the hood, the hood. Maybe I don't know. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, have you? Has that happened to I've, you before? I've never. I've never. Um, <laughs> um, 
What what non-academic places do you think people encounter? Any like political coffee institutions? Sh- coffee shops. Coffee shops. <laughs> okay. What? So let's talk a little bit about wise planning in the academic space. So, what are your sort of experiences? Um, whether it's in class or, you know. Hmm. I guess, like... Because you touched on it a little bit. You said, you know, um, you usually encounter it... I, you've encountered it during classes about uh, race. Yeah, I... I think the first time I ever, like... I guess genuinely kind of got upset over someone trying to, like, white-splain something was in a uh, class where we were going over... What period literature was that? I don't even know... So yeah, how much I paid attention in that class. Um, it was we were reading slave narratives, and um, I was the only black person in that class, like I usually am. Yeah. And um, it was a poem by some black uh, slave, and she was talking about like her religion and how it like helped her or whatever get through slavery, and like um, then there was like a student that like started to talk about like. Uh, religion and like it's like place and like uh, slaves and how they use that to like over like Christianity specifically and how they use it to like overcome like adversaries and like that time um, and I was like I was like vehemently like against it I was like shaking my head like the professor was like do, do you have something to say and I was like yeah I was like first of all fuck Christianity because that was n- First of all, they were stolen from their lands. They did not practice Christianity where they were from. And they, Christianity was used as a method to, like, force slavery upon them. And, like, people thought that because of Christianity they could enslave people and thought that they were superior to the other race. And so that's literally what I said in class. And um, the other, like, because the student was a white student who said it. And she was just, like, um, really, like, I guess, like, not necessarily, like, upset, but also, like, in very much, like, disagreement with me. Which I'm fine with. I like disagreement in English classes. But, like, I don't know. I felt like... I kind of felt... I don't even know if this, if this even counts as, like, white splitting. But, like, her trying to tell me, like... about, And I don't know anything about being a slave. But, like, her trying to tell me, like, how, like, religion has, like, helped, like, black people or whatever. It was just really irritating to me. And I was like, okay... I think it's tough being the only black person in a class where, an English class where you're talking about slave narratives, poor black people, civil rights, and um, I had a I took an apartheid class, um, so this what? is this is basically this is basically civil the civil rights stuff in America but it's happening in, and this is happening in uh, South Africa oh apart- and, and so we were reading apartheid literature and um, of, co- of course you know race and institutionalized racism all that stuff comes up in it and I, th- I it was me and another black girl I remember um, being in class one time and we were talking about the tension, or I brought up a discussion question about the tension between um, African Americans and Africans, mm-hmm. and so 
I just, I just, when people were discussing it, it just, to, I mean, it, I don't think this is an example of why it's playing. It's just an example of it being hard to talk about race, um, being only black, one of the only black people in a room full of white people. But, um, I just, uh, they were talking about that, what I had proposed to talk about. And I just said, you know, as a, as a black person, I mean, this is something that I have encountered as well, you know, in the barbershop, blah, 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 blah. And, um, I just, I, I felt kind of dumb after I did that because I felt like I shouldn't have, you know, related it to myself. Like I, I felt like I shouldn't have related literature to myself, but it was so personal to me and I didn't really feel like the conversation was going anywhere because I didn't feel like most of the people in the room got what I was trying to talk about. That Yeah, that's happened to me before. But is this a case of white-splaining or is this just... I, I, I think it can translate into white-splaining. So like because you, they were all... It's, it seems they to have me, an example because they, they'll talk about something and they're and talking around it. They're, they're, talk, not, they're talking around it. Yeah. And then like if you say like... Um, like for example, I was like, well, I don't think that's like correct. I think it's more like this. So like, I, and I've noticed it before. They get like really offended, and like their instant reactions like, so I'm racist. If like, mm. and so like they kind of like victimize themselves when like you and they because they they white explain a topic that they did not about race that they did not explain correctly or like as thorough as like I feel like it could have been explained mm. and say so, so. Well, I think you can look deeper into this and see it more like this. Um, because, I mean, and, you know, academic, we all have different perspectives because we all have different backgrounds. That's, like, the, like, good thing about it. And so, if we're talking about a black experience, even if it's in a book, it's still a black experience, and I come from a black perspective, mm. so, like, naturally, I'm gonna probably, like, relate to it probably more than, like, a white person, mm. just naturally. And so, if you're trying to explain something, and, well, it's just white explaining because if they're not trying to be condescending about it... I don't know. See, we didn't really... Oh. It's, it's not really well-defined. Or, or, yeah, it's not well-defined. Does white stunning have to be condescending? I, I think it can still... I think I think white splaining is condescending because when you think about mansplaining, that is obviously condescending and it's about power. So, you know... I guess it's... But on the, on the other hand, there is, a, there is some type of mansplaining where... Men, well, it's still mansplaining when men are trying to be like, you know, as a man, we need to stand up and support women's rights, blah 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 blah. But when while they're doing that, they're speaking over the yeah. women. Mm-hmm. So it, even though it's in a you know a good a, a, like with good intentions, it's still condescending mm-hmm. and it's still mansplaining. Mm-hmm. When you talk about wife splaining, I mean, you can think about it in the same way. Yeah. So I think having a condescending tone is definitely a proponent of white splaining, but I guess in what you're talking about, explain what you're talking about. Just like I guess like the like uh, deflect of like my like which like because you said like you felt like I felt dumb dumb for, for, for like, bringing that up for bringing in your own personal experience, yeah. which is I mean I don't I don't even. That's not dumb to me because I feel like that's like an important perspective that needs to be looked at when mm-hmm. you're looking at something that's talking about 
that specific identity within that person. And so, for... I think if you don't include that perspective and you only include the white perspective of looking at those different things and not acknowledging or counting on the, like, experience of, like, actual, like, black people, yeah. then it becomes white spider because then you're just having a white perspective talking about a black experience, which doesn't make any sense to me. Well, then again, you know, you... I was... And I was thinking, um, after I took class, I was thinking, you know, what if I... What if me and the other girl weren't in that class and it was just a class of white people talking about these issues and you know you can't really help when there's yeah. nobody black that signs up for that class I mean so that's a whole that's I mean, a different I mean, topic I mean, <laughs> condition and yeah yeah okay but I mean that's their own fault that they don't have black people in that class not ours anyway but anyway back to <laughs> back to what I was talking about that experience I felt dumb because I didn't feel like even with me explaining, you know, hey, this is something that's real. This isn't just happening in this book. Even when with me explaining that to the class, I don't really feel like they still got the the. I feel like the idea that I proposed was too complex, and I feel like it wasn't being handled in a, a academic way. <laughs> I don't know. So would you say white splitting is also talking around yes. black experiences? And- I, I would say, my own definition would be, yeah, it's talking around the, it's talking around the topic and it's not going to, it's not seeking out information from someone, from someone who you could learn from. That's So then what do you, okay, so obviously white splitting is also like talking for black people. Mm-hmm. So then, um, how do you get into the, uh, I guess, aspect in academia when you have, like, a white professor uh, yeah. who's teaching you, like, yeah. African-American studies or literature or art or whatever, and, yeah. like, they're teaching it, but, like, I mean, and that's fine if, like, white person is just teaching, yeah. like, yeah. black literature or whatever, but, like, at what point do you think it crosses, like, the line between just, like, I guess, like teaching it and then like speaking for does that happen in the classroom like i know it happens like in like politics i know there's a lot of like speaking for different groups versus like uh you know having those groups having those giving those groups the resources to speak for themselves mm-hmm. and you just speak alongside with them and so i feel like sometimes in academia there's like a disconnect with like speaking for yeah like, i think i think in academia at least everything is so theorized and so when you when you put these issues these uh, racial issues put it in critical race theory put it in blackness studies african-american studies you you apply whatever theory and it sort of it removes you from the actual subject which i think is safer to do but there it there does come I think there does come a time where that line could be crossed. I've never experienced this from a professor. I haven't either. Because they've always stuck rooted in the theory. And I think, well, hell, most of the time, I'm I'm like you, I'm I'm the only black person in the room. So I don't really feel comfortable in being like... Yeah, this is this is legit. This is a little legit thing that I've experienced as a black person. I don't feel comfortable talking about that because I don't want it to be tokenized. Mm-hmm. So, I, in my experience, 
I've only I've only heard of professors um, staying rooted to the theory, and I think that's the best way that uh, white professors teaching these tough issues uh, can effectively teach it and and everyone grasp it. Hey folks, it's Jalen. Make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. I'd really appreciate your thoughts on the content. Also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, you can send those ideas to me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, let's get back to the show. But on the topic, on this topic, I want to discuss theorizing, um, uh, theorizing black people and black experiences. What is theorizing black people and black experiences? Well, okay, so to me, I think it's just basically applying a theory to certain ex- to certain experiences so that it's more, um, I don't want to say commodifiable, but easier to understand for, for, um, for white people. <laughs> I think, I think it's, cause you know, and, cause you know, mostly white students go to universities, mostly why students are especially in the humanities, especially in English. So the, the top theorists of, of of race theory, I mean, many of them are white. A lot of them are black, but many of them are white. And so I feel like I'm just rambling. But I feel like when blackness and black people are theorized, it's when it's when you remove you. It's when you take the human out of the experience and just apply the experience like just think about the you just think about the experience i don't know if i'm ex- <laughs> i don't know if i'm i wasn't prepared for that question oh, Jalen. okay i think it's based on the experience you know, yeah, and it takes away that human aspect for it mm-hmm. to where i didn't feel comfortable you know saying Oh, this is for real. This is true. Um, as my own black experience, this is for real. This really does happen. So do you... Oh, that's interesting. So by theorizing black people, you remove the actual real life black experience. Yeah, and but it's like, just an idea now. Is that just a way to like further silence black people? I think it's a way for white people... Or for scholars to, because um, black people can be guilty of this too, to, um, I think it's a way for scholars to discuss issues without making it a personal. Because you're, you're, remu- you're, I think when you theorize, you're removing any theory, it's removing a human aspect of it you know when you think about famous theorists Judith Butler uh, Evie Sedgwick um, you know all the white theorists and Bill, Cook, Bill Hooks um, famous black theorists but anyway when they when you read their theory they're talking about experience and from the experience they're uh, they're they're theorizing on like um what does it mean to theorize? They're making claims um, based off of the experience, but those claims cannot necessarily be up, apl- ap- applicable to human experience. 
Some of them could, but many of them couldn't. And I think when people read are are just engorged in theory, they lose. Uh, they ignore the human aspect of it. That's why I don't really like theory that much, because like, which is why like I prefer like reading like the fiction books over like the theory, because I think it's really boring. But like I understand it's important, but like it just feels so. The only theory piece I've ever read that felt like it genuinely like, then again it was a person of that like race who wrote about that theory. I don't know. Maybe does the race depend on the person about the theory? I don't know. I I just know that theory does not speak for every and all experience for whatever that theory is speaking about. And I think if one relies on theory so much for in academia, then like, I mean, I don't know if you're if you're, you can only apply theory so much to real life examples and try yeah. to like, because sometimes they just don't work. It yeah, like uh, I could go around and say you know I, I mean I'm I'm being um, acquainted with queer theory. I can go around and saying you know everyone's queer um, when men beat each other up. Um, it's because they want to have sex with each other, which I do believe that. But when men beat each other <laughs> up, it's because they want to have sex with each other. And, like, you know, I could just talk about that, but that's not necessarily true. And I, do, do, you think, do you think that the use of theory is the Academy's way of white-splaining? The use of race theory... When you're talking about black people and black issues, um, or other issues with dealing with people of color, do you think that it is academic, uh, the academy's own way of white splaining? I guess it depends on the intent <clears throat> and how how. Um, how um, how aware or how much you actually acknowledge and depend on like the voices of like the like community or like group that you're like theorizing so like if your intent is like if you're using a theory or like a critical race theory and like you're talking about like I don't know like Latin Americans but like you're only using like a bunch of white theorists and you're not relying on the perspectives of the actual people, like, yeah, the actual, like, Latin American theorists, then, like, I think that's really problematic because then you're at the point where you're only looking at it from one's perspective. Yeah. And I think also theory, it also, I guess it also depends on, like, the time period. Um, like, I love, like, some, um, some old, like, scholars in, like, my field but, like, at the same time, I realize that there's only so much... First of all, there's only so much theory can apply to real life. Yeah. But there's only so much that theory from, like, 1964 can apply to uh, real life now. So, like, even if I'm... 
and even if you don't get like pra- I guess I don't know if you use dairy but like there are like some other like political um I guess like agendas or political theories used by like activists like in like maybe during like, the civil rights time or like a uh, gay liberation movement or like any of like the like uh women's movements that are only can only help so much because as like um society progresses some of that stuff becomes obsolete in trying to like apply it to like real life examples and then there'll be a new theory yeah (laughs) well so do you think so do you so so it sounds like we're coming to the conclusion that theory takes away the human experience Mm -hmm. and so therefore should we take more into account the human experience of the people that we're discussing versus the theoretical or should we try to blend the two uh, I think I feel like the like best option would be to blend the two but like I guess I'm also a little bit skeptical like because I feel like by saying like people make it like too personal like which is why people use theory so it's not personal yeah I think that can be kind of yeah. problematic I because in my head like when you said that the first thing that came to my mind was when people say like when people discuss politics they say like you shouldn't like end a friendship, friendship over politics it's just politics but like for some people politics are literally their life their life yeah and so like if we're discussing like some kind of critical race theory or we're discussing like uh like the mistreatment of like black men like especially like in terms of like police brutality or like mass incarceration or or whatever like I think it's very valuable because I guess it depends on like what are you trying to do with that theory? Are you just trying to sit here and just talk about it? Yeah. Are you actually trying to do trying something to do practical something, and yeah. change the culture of like that society? And if you are, then I think it is very, 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 very important that you have a personal and real life experience attached to that theory because again, a theory is just a theory, and I feel like if you try to just, a theory, first of all, it doesn't just like take away someone's personal experience. I feel like it compacts it down to the point of it being it something that minimalizes it minimalizes it and makes it into makes it like so like superficial yeah 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 exactly and yeah it's not as cuz like being a black person or being a woman or being queer that is a very like, complex yeah, identity and it's it cannot be talked about in one like a slice of life that is applicable to this certain theory that this scholar is talking about. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, I guess maybe blend the two, but like, yeah, but I guess it depends on your on your intent. So, I, like, I, I'm I, assuming that like, because professors are supposed to all be about service. I'm assuming yeah. that they <laughs> they're hoping to like through their writing yeah. and like present pr- pr- research, they're wanting to like change something. Explore and so, yeah, I mean introduce people to yeah. So yeah, sometimes this is the only way that students are being um, acquainted with these ideas is when they're presented with these stories and presented with theory and all of that and that's, stuff. I mean, that's another way to look at it. If you're a professor <clears throat> or I guess even a researcher and you're presenting this to someone else or you're teaching this to someone like you're, I'm assuming your goal as a like like a professor is to like 
teach someone something for the benefit of like making them like more intelligent about like whatever it is you're teaching them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important to. I mean, yeah. Stop white planning. That's my black. Okay, color. yeah. So do so. Final <laughs> question on theorizing because I feel like this could have been its own episode, but. Um, so do you think that there, when people in the academic setting and a non-academic setting use theory when they theorize, do you think that that is a version of white splaining? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, what do you what do you think people should do when some someone is white splaining something to them? Wh- who? The person who's being white. What do you too? think? Yeah, the person that is being white explained to, what do you think that they should do when someone is white explained something to Sometimes them? there's almost so much you can do. Um, because, like, at, like in that video, it felt really... Because if you see the video, and I'm sure Jay will leave a link, yeah, I'll it's leave like link. a bunch of white people at one time interrupting a bunch as of other white to, people as she's trying to tell them, I don't need your help explaining my, like, experience. Um... Even though she's thankful for people like wanting to be interested in it, um, you're you're silencing a black voice talking about a black issue and putting your white voice on top of her voice, which is not really like intelligent to me. So I guess if you if someone is white explaining to you, I think you need to. Uh, I guess first tell them that they're white splaining and explain what white splaining means, um, and then tell them why it's not okay to white splain. I guess you can do that in whatever like form or like method you want to well, do. Well, okay, I think. But so let's, let's think about this practically because you know, you know, when people of color try to combat racism, white supremacy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, white fragility shows. Y- yeah, I just became acquainted with. That phrase, it's a very interesting oh, really? phrase. Yeah, I've been seeing it. I love it. I've been using the Twitter, so yeah. I've been seeing it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, when when people of color try to combat these issues faced against them, they're usually the wrong people. That they're they're usually people that are seen mm-hmm. in the wrong. Yeah. So I want I want to think of because the, the, I don't think it's that easy to say. Oh, it's wait, normal. wait, Johnny. You are white explaining to me. Well, this is Johnny. Well, come on, man. I mean, I'm just talking about race. Don't you want me to talk about race? I, I mean, you're my friend. I should be able to talk to you about this. Blah, 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 blah. So, what do you think? How do you... How can we practically avoid or, or get out of situations where we're being white explaining to... Um, combat it how can we do that without or is there no way to do that i i uh, this this sounds bad but i honestly don't know if there's a thing that they like the black the person who's being white explained to you can do i think this is a problem that like white people need to to own up to it and they probably need to fix it themselves because i can go up to if you're white explaining to me i can tell you all day hey you, you're white explaining to me. This is like not appropriate. I already know this. You need to tell this to me. Stop being condescending. I am a black person. I've lived these experiences, or like I know about this, or 
I'm not as unintelligent as you think I am. Um, I mean, I feel like anytime you like call a white person, if you're talking about race, and you tell a white person that this is not correct, they always have to jump to this conclusion that you're calling them a racist, and then they think that you're being racist, and they have to like victimize themselves, and then like they just completely just like when they do that, they completely just like turn the entire conversation around uh, about them them making a mistake, and then instead of them correcting it and being a better person for it, they make it about themselves. And a way as if, like, you're attacking them. So what, I mean, what do you, what, I mean, I don't think we answered the question. I, I, I do. I, There's no way. I don't think I, so. I guess the best, <laughs> I guess the best thing to do is just to, I don't want to just say I mean, I'm trying to think about smile. it. I'm trying to think about it in, like, a mansplaining, but just what women do. In, in my, I don't know what women do. Well, usually for women who call me up out. They, they call you out. For, they usually don't have to call me out, because I'm usually, when I do it in the act, I'm just like, oh, wait. I'm like, am I mansplaining? And they're like, yeah, you kind of are. And I'm like, okay, then I apologize for it. And then, like, so I'm guessing... And then the people who have called me out, they've been like, hey, by the way, you're mansplaining. I guess people, first of all, need to... the Because you can say white-splaining, but if they don't believe in white-splaining, there's nothing you can do. And if they do believe in white-splaining... I don't know, I guess to tell them how... How it makes you feel, and hopefully they feel maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not, because they if they don't know what white splaining is, or if they do know what it is, they're probably gonna just think think you're joking with them. So maybe you should maybe when someone's white splaining to you, you should try to, I don't know, I don't know, try to reinsert yourself into the conversation, um, and say something along the lines of you know. Yeah, I understand. I, I I understand what you're saying here, and I I also think blah 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 blah. And then you try to end the conversation. That's a good. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. so. For example, for the person that was white twenty thirteenth to me, I think I would. I think I should have been like, yeah, I, I definitely think that institutionalized racism is something that needs to be explored. And if you want to explore it more, you should really look into this and this and this. You know? But again... Because I would have been like, hey, guess what? I saw the movie. Thank you. Goodbye. But I mean... (laughs) See? But that's not... Because it's like... It's like you, you have to... For for in order for you to not be in the wrong, you have to come at them the same way they're coming at you. You can't really come at. And I know that sounds like respectability politics, which I also learned that from the Twitter. Um, I but need to follow you on Twitter. You do anyway. I, do? I said you do need to follow. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but I I just I, I hate I hate when people of color, you know, when they're battling these issues they get seen in the wrong and then it's like it it seems as though the only reason the only way that they're as of right now only only way that we can combat this is if we come at them with the same condescending tone instead of getting emotional about it you know Mm -hmm. we we combat it you know we try to handle it a little bit more um uh uh what's what's the word diplomatic we try to ha- handle it more diplomatically, and then go to our friends and be like, "This blah 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 blah," you know. So I th- I think ending I think finding a way to insert your com inser- re- reinsert yourself into the conversation and end it. That's I a, think that's good. That's a good word. I yeah. think I th- I think ignore I think just sitting and smiling and then just ignoring the person. I think that also is a good. Uh, I can't do that. No. 
<laughs> I, no, I, or, I mean, or, you know, just really being like, hey, this is not cool. This is not cool what you're doing. But I think still doing it in a calm way. I think the reason why I'm like that, I think I've gotten over the point of like, I don't really care about white people's feelings anymore. Yeah, and you shouldn't. Like we shouldn't. We I know. shouldn't. You, you told me this one time when I was talking to about that issue I have with that girl. About, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what you're talking about. Oh, oh yeah, okay. and you're like, I was like, I was like, I'm just afraid that she's gonna think. Don't, that. yeah. <laughs> but again, but then again, I was telling you that, but then I know if I was in that situation, I would be feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to say these things, but it's hard to do it in the moment. Care. I need to stop caring because they don't care about my feelings. Damn. So, oh, that's good. They don't. Yeah. If they did, they wouldn't be white planning. And yeah, and, and they, if they were, they'd be apologizing and correcting and themselves. Exactly. Oh wow. I know. Revelation. Wow. They don't care about my feelings. They don't care about theirs. It makes but you a better two, person to But do two yourself. wrongs make a right? Give me two wrongs. <laughs> do two wrongs make a right? That's not a wrong. That's just a <laughs> A way to combat it. I think it's I a mean, way to combat it. My thing is what is that saying? We're like, it's not the golden rule. It's what goes around comes around. Karma. I I don't really believe in karma, but like yeah. I guess I mean yeah. If you I guess there are consequences consequences to your action. So like if you don't care about my feelings or how I feel about this, then like why what why should I? Hmm. Okay. Final two questions, and these are unrelated to the topic. And these are new questions that I'm trying to. So, Aaron, yes. if your life were a musical, what? <laughs> if your life were being made into a Broadway musical, what would be the title of that musical? Probably. And you have to say it like this. But probably like this bitch. Oh, so it would be like this bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And what is one thing that you're struggling to understand? Oh. Currently. <sighs> Today. One thing I am struggling to understand is. Today. Probably taxes. I don't understand them. I don't know if I'm like in trouble for tax fraud right now or not. Like I may be guilty of like tax evasion. My mom did mine online. I've never filed taxes before. Aaron, what? You, you? No, I was told I wasn't supposed to file. People, some people tell me I'm not. Some people tell me some people tell me I don't make enough money. I think it's still safe to just. And then like on my like fast because you do work, right? I work a. I maybe make like maybe not even two thousand a year. I, I think I still file. <laughs> but see, someone told me that, but then also my parents, I'm not an, an, I'm not claimed as an... A dependent? In, independent. I'm oh, dependent. You're, oh, you're dependent. Well, oh, you're dependent. Wait, no, here's the thing, though. I may or may not, because like, anytime I ask my dad about it, he won't ever answer me about it. So like, well, I, I'm, well, I'm just like, you need to make sure your dad's like claiming you as a dependent on his, on his taxes. So and, you like, don't have to file. So you don't have to file. Because if you don't, that means you're going to owe the IRS this much money. And I'm like, well, I don't know. He's not going to tell me. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how taxes work either. I don't know, the, and I get fake phone calls from the IRS, and I'm, I don't know if they're real or not. Do you really get phone calls from the IRS? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> no, they're supposed to send you something in the mail because they do. They have fake phone numbers that call you saying like you need to send money to this blah 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 blah, bro. Oh so like, wow. I just I don't know. I don't understand. Ta- they didn't teach. No one's taught me taxes. That's one thing I'm feeling. Like 
Yeah. I just I just <laughs> asked my mom to do it. I don't really understand it either. My mom really understands how to do it herself. I asked her to help me with my fast. So she's like, what is this? Oh. We got every time, every time. She doesn't understand it. So. Okay, well, thank you for coming Those on. This interesting questions. a lively conversation. I really feel like, you know, we could revisit some of these mm-hmm. things. But thanks again, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Go Black Boy Go. You can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and Podbean. And all of those links are in the description. Once again, thank you for listening to Go Black Boy Go.